0: They have made changes to Dominguez's car. They added a little bit of front wing, took out some rear wing. But to give you an idea of just how precious time is right now, the crew was running with the car, with the crew members literally hanging off the back wing, trying to make the changes as the car rolled to Tech.
1: And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman.
2: Placeholder Holder Radio. sound. <laughs> to yet another episode of Dinner with Racers. I'm Sean Heckman. And I'm Ryan Eversley. And hey, uh, we have been putting out a bunch of these extended podcast episodes. These are not traditional podcasts. These are basically longer form, less edited versions of what's already up on our television show. Because Ryan, we've got a television show. We do. It's
1: on Motor Trend. It's on uh, Motor Trend Plus, And it's on YouTube.com forward
2: slash Motor Trend Watch. So if you go right now, you'll see there's an episode called "Bumped." It is all about trying to qualify for the Indianapolis 500. In recent years, you know, don't hear about this as much, but there was a time where the traditional 33 cars were dictated by the 40 cars there trying to make it. And uh, back in 2008, there was an abundance of cars trying to make the Indianapolis 500. And for this season, we decided, uh, why not tell the stories that you don't hear about, such as what it takes for a small team to try and make that Indianapolis 500 and what it means for them and what's at stake. And when it comes to that, we decided to focus on Pacific Coast Motorsports uh, and their 2008 effort. We already have episodes out about the team owner and, and the driver, uh, but there is also
1: the mechanic and the engineer. Obviously, when it comes to qualifying for the Indy 500, you can't just show up and get it done. You have to have a really good engineering crew. You have to have really capable mechanics. And both Tim Lewis and Daniel
2: Martin are staples of the paddock that I currently work with Daniel on my team. Absolutely. And, and Tim is a staple of him, as well, he's actually currently the engineer for that beautiful WINS uh, PR1 LMP2 car. Not Tim Lewis that drives the alpha right? that you
1: texted. Oh, you heard about this. He sent me a screen grab.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wrong Tim Lewis. Yes. This must happen because his response response was so perfect. It was like, this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, but point being, both guys that are staples in the paddock, they've had great experience in IndyCar. Daniel and I talk about it all the time. He worked with drivers like Sebastian Bourdais and Katherine Legg and obviously Mario Dominguez. And uh, when we asked him about this story, he said, look, there's more to it. I really want to be involved. And so you were able to have him
2: over for dinner. Absolutely. So uh, we actually decided that Tim lives down in uh, Orange County. Uh, Danny Martin lives out in Ventura. Tyler's out in Thermal, California. That's a perfect triangle that centers right into Pasadena, <laughs> California. So uh, we all agreed to let's just have dinner at my house yeah. uh, and so if you watch it you can actually see my living room um, and the folding chairs and so we decided to have uh, Chanos Mexican food Is that the place we went? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's technically Oaxacan But that is way too I don't know what you're that saying That is way too detailed um, <laughs> Now let's get into but it But it is It is uh, Tacos with cheese I, uh, We did have tacos with cheese They are very authentic at, at Chano's Yeah It is genuinely becoming One of my favorite Mexican places yeah. It's walking distance But I don't think it's just Because it's local I It's legitimately a local good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah But anyway So we had Chano's uh, They always make me A chicken sandwich Being of course The guy that lives down the street Yeah They call me the, huedo. And, <laughs> the uh, weirdo And The weirdo Sure <laughs> <laughs> and so we just thought it'd be cool to hear from these two because obviously they were very much involved in the day-to-day of Pacific Coast Motorsports, and so we'll hear all about that, we'll hear all about the chaos of that month of May, and we just thought it'd be cool to hear from some some boots on the ground, so to speak. Now, Continental Tires uh, might not
1: be on their cars to drive to your house, yes, but they're on our cars. They were absolutely on the car that they saw in the driveway. Yeah. So you guys should put those in your driveway, too. Continental Tire. Cross contact. Numbers. Now take it away, Tim Lewis and Daniel Martin.
2: Meow. Meow. All right, we're gonna start in five, four, three, two. So Daniel, when it comes to people that have worked with Tyler the longest, apparently you qualify. I do.
3: I do, cause uh, man, I've probably known for sure in this endeavor that we're talking about the two thousand eight Indy Five Hundred. I have, the, at the time, I had the most mileage with Tyler. I'm pretty sure for sure um, on different spots. I mean, I think um, Tim uh, may have worked for him longer or with him longer, however you say it. But um, anyway, so because we worked together, uh, man, and known him a long time. I think ninety nine or two thousand is when we first met, and. Uh, you know, we just
0: and we brought up right away. Yeah, absolutely, right, right away. Yeah, JDS is who you're working for. R- RDS, and then you RDS, were at Hilton. RDS.
3: I think you were at Hilton at the right. time. Yeah. And uh, basically, our careers kind of kept intertwining a lot of different uh, parts. And um, I have to say, though, it's not really like a like a philosophical thing or whatever. But but I would say a, a portion of why I'm here in California is due to Tyler, in a sense, because obviously. Pacific coast brought me back to California and I worked with him in California and Palm Springs at world speed for the 2001 season. And, um, <clears throat> even though he wasn't, uh, he wasn't the guy doing the hiring or any of that stuff. You were, I think managing the Atlantic series that, that Just year? had
0: been made the Atlantic. Yeah. Here. Yeah.
3: And, uh, I, got, I had hired to, um, to do their formerly 2000 program that after one run at Homestead, that all got canned. <laughs> and then I did the season of Atlantics with you guys. Yep. Um, but yeah, so um very and then through the years either I was working with him or we were closest competition. Right, pretty racing much. against one another. Yeah, because after that year at World Speed I went to Sierra Sierra up in Nevada and um we were pretty much instant front runners with all the ex um uh, what is it the uh, p yeah, PPI. yeah yeah exactly oh, ppi guys well, so yeah, yeah yeah exactly all the ppi guys that came up there and uh, we were immediately fast and whatever first year it was against roosport and then second year's was against tyler and tim and they got us we got bridesmaid twice you know so whatever but um and then after that that was pretty much my springboard into um the big cars so i went to uh i went to indy for a couple seasons, and. Uh, and then after that, uh, you guys at the time were doing. You did one year of the Corvettes. right? And then after that, it was the DPI, right? Wow. And um, D- DPI, DPI oh, Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that, yeah. no, that was yeah, just a yeah. Daytona prototype. Yeah, yeah. I could be. Kind of like a uh, I don't want to drive this, but somebody has, I guess, or something. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it <was> so sweet. <laughs> so, but bottom line, so you were doing the sports car thing, mm-hmm. and um, and then when you went the Champ Car, like the rumors started flying around. You guys were buying cars and stuff, and this is when I called. And you're like, uh, come on in. And um, so 2007, for the release of the dpo one is when I joined Pacific Coast um, as a proud member of the surfboard shirts, which I, I almost brought my hoodie, to be honest, but I decided to wear the uh, 2008 version <laughs> and, not, and not the 2007 surfboard, which was, it was the awesome. Best. I always okay. liked the
4: surfboard the best. The surfboard sure. was way, better. way surfboard. better. Nobody
3: could tell what it was, but when yeah. you knew, it was awesome. So our you know. sticker guy.
4: Our sticker guy from Ojai, Stoneface. Yeah. Oh, I remember him. Right? Rich. Oh, yeah, Rich. Yeah, he would yeah. do all our stickers, right? Yeah. And And he would never do them correctly. Because I mean, he would, the third time. <laughs> so you'd, you'd end up with two batches of
0: stickers for free because he'd, he'd ruin them and be like, ah.
4: Because he would just be super baked. Yeah. yeah. And he would mess everything up. Uh-huh. And then at one point, he shows up and he's done logos for the team. And I'm like, no, actually, everybody kind of likes our logo, right? Except Tom. Yeah, yeah, Tom And then figging, so Tom yeah. just chased that whole... And I'm, I'm go- Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That was... Uh, Tilo from World
0: Speed right after we released that logo, he's like, Hey, great idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> great? No, Wait, so
2: is that but is that the logo that ended up sticking? That's the one that's that we the ended logo. Our, that's the logo we ended with for that sure. That was the you know? that oh, was so the yeah. final. Wait, so the, the the surfboard logo was not from the guy that was baked. No, no, no. It's the surf- the, it's the world it's the professional looking global one. That's right, the
5: guy that was hired yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: the guy who was baked also uh that same year he did the contest that who gets to design the a Honda pace car for Indy okay. and won. Huh. Like the Indy okay. pace car from that year was his is, Stoneface's okay. design. Right. And Stoneface. So we all referred to him as that, but not when he showed up. He was rich when he showed up. <laughs> Except for one of our mechanics forgot about that one afternoon when he showed up and called him Stoneface right to his face. He was like, cool, man.
2: <laughs> Tim, how did you get hooked up here? Um, in
4: 2003... Okay, I was working for uh, Lynx Racing with the Camerons, and, uh, and we got done with that season, and that season was a little disjointed with Lynx. I had, um, I had two guys in the car, so I had Brian Sellers, and I had uh, Louis-Philippe Dumoulin. Oh, man.
5: Oh, Philippe Melo, Malon.
0: Ha, ha, tab on
4: LP at Three Rivers was so much fun. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, that's so their much. home there, man. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Man, oh my dude. God. So if...
0: We could talk about Three Rivers all night. We just stop. And just, <laughs> let's <laughs> just talk about Twire. Yeah. No, that's, that's uh, not... Let's okay, not do okay. that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Those documents will be sealed. And moving on. All right. And uh, so uh, after that year, it was a little bit of a question mark. What's going to happen with Lynx? And... Uh, my wife and I, you know, obviously you put off the vacations until after the season. So um, we had taken off and we were in New Orleans. And uh, I was in a hotel room, I, I just middle of the day, I think, and uh, got a call from Tyler. Hey, we'd like to talk to you about next year. And it kind of spooled from there. And when I was originally talking to him, we went up to carpentry in the shop and, you know, we kind of kicked it around a little bit. I, I originally thought that I was going to be running Alex. That was kind of the original plan on one car and one car
2: but this is all headed into the 2004 season so this by this point pcm has had one year it was okay but this is now you want to make the big jump with the two cars and john fogarty and everything else
4: correct but this was prior to john really it
2: was so. This was no, we
4: would hired you <clears throat> right
0: to come work with Alex and Roosport was still a team at that point. Correct. And right? They hadn't made their announcement. And then they made their announcement. They were going to Champ Car. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Burke Burke Harrison, Justin Juice Justin yep. uh, Aaron, Justice Aaron Justice didn't have a ride. Yep. And so, uh, or they didn't have anything they could do. But they were they and. Carl had promised Aaron that's right, that's right, that he would run him for at least two years. Yep. Now they're moving up, so he owes Aaron the deal. So Aaron's looking for a place to land in that's the paddock. Right. He comes to us and says, Hey, what if I brought a second car? That's when Carl and Tom then remember, I went yeah, up to yeah. Hope Ranch and met that's with Carl right. and the whole thing. And Carl and Tom couldn't come to terms because Carl felt like, Well, if I'm providing Aaron at no cost and I'm providing <clears throat> Burke at no cost you should cover the rest of the cost. Right. Tom was like, or you could kiss my ass. I'm not <laughs> going to pay for any of that stuff. Like you're going to pay for all of it.
4: Yeah. If you promise him a ride, then give that's, him the that's, ride. That's
0: your, that's your gig. Yeah. And
4: that's kind of where then, uh, then they got pissed off at each other. Right. Then there was a pissing match.
0: And that's when Alex actually kind of came in in the 11th hour and said, Hey, maybe instead of running Aaron, which he never wanted to do to begin with, just so we're clear, he yeah. was, he, that was not something he was interested in to begin with. um, Maybe we go ahead and just hire somebody else to drive. Okay, well, who's that going to be? And he said, John Fogarty. how about John Fogarty? Well, I mean, John just got done doing his whole – he'd been coaching Danica for the last two years, right? Won the championship the year before with yep. Dorcott. Spent the year coaching Danica that following year and was literally didn't have anything going on or anything. And that's when he was like – and we called him up. And he, <clears throat> he did it for nothing. Did it for prize money basically.
2: Awesome. So when PCM really started getting going with Alex, uh, you guys were both with different teams, but both in the Atlantic Series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what was the reputation of PCM when you first saw it?
3: Well, the first year that you guys ran, it was uh, so we had our big fight with Brew Sports that year, and it was Almendinger and Ryan going for it, Ryan right. um, Dial, and yep. um, and so basically you guys were there, but it was like the fifth through tenth kind of finish. It was just Alex. Time. It was our first yeah. year.
0: Mike Doyle was our engineer. Yeah. Mike was uh man, here's the thing is that Mike would either hit a home run or or we'd be way off
2: base. So you're with Sierra Sierra, which wasn't the championship winner that year, but they were right in it. Yeah, we yeah. got bridesmaids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then for Tim, what from where you were at with Lynx? What <clears throat> so I was are,
4: with Lynx and
2: because uh, Lynx to me at that time was like the benchmark of good Atlantic teams. Especially all through the nineties.
4: Well I, I would th- say we had declined a little bit from sure. that from that peak. You know, really the peak would have been Carpentier, yeah, like Alex Baron, yeah. And that would have been 96, 97. Yeah, right. Um, it, it was it – was, we've talked about this also. It was kind of a magical time because so much came together and we had so many teams that were so evenly matched that if you were off just a little bit, you were 15th. And, and I'm not talking off a lot. I'm talking – you know, you just missed the balance a little bit. You just missed the balance a little bit, and you're fifteenth.
2: So in comes a team with a surfboard for a logo.
4: Well, we knew all the people behind it, so we knew we were going to be quick right away. Okay. I mean, there was no question. Like, right. like, Doy was doing the car. The cars, okay, it's going
2: to be fast. You know, it's definitely going to be fast. Before Tyler and, and PCM Daniel, how would you even get started in the sport? Oh man. My classic
3: answer to that is wrong place, wrong time. (laughs) So, no, but honestly, so, yeah, I was nothing to do with racing. So I grew up in a little town 15 minutes from where Gilles Villeneuve was born. Okay. Which is where? Uh, the little Moise. town, it's called Masquinongé. <laughs> Masquinongé, who, but Gilles Villeneuve, who's, who's yeah, here? So, exactly. <laughs> so, but in any case, but but my nobody in my family had any interest in motorsport whatsoever. Like yeah. my parents, they love restoring old homes and no, whatever they, so they all played hockey, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, my only way in was to go to the U.S., and uh, the first time I got a work visa to come to the U.S. proper was with tyler when it went at world, at world speed. speed yeah when i got the f2000 right. gig which right. turned into the atlantic king yeah. but um but as far as the, how i got started is really like i decided well, let's give this a try and then it yeah. worked and then now it's you know moose
0: and i matched up in palm springs in 2001 when my son was born and the towers came down and all that whole thing that's yeah. when we actually started that racing day. together and so uh so yeah our our careers when he said it earlier it's 100 true yeah. they've kind of you know done like this we've either raced against each other or with one another for 25 20 years, years yeah. 23 mm-hmm. years
3: yeah something like that yeah
2: but you guys first worked together at world speed at world speed yeah so yep. way before the atlantic stuff way started. before yeah. Yeah. yeah do you remember your first interaction yes first i remember
3: meeting? yeah i remember tyler because he was driving the hilton van so it was all silver <laughs> stuff yeah Nice. and um i i do remember actually uh i forget where it was probably at a bar actually Something uh. like that. But I'd seen him around the track, and it was like, hey, whatever. And then we got the chat, and and that's basically how it started, our friendship.
0: Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. We've done a lot of racing together.
3: Yeah.
2: Tim, do you remember your first interaction with
4: Tyler? I don't. Yeah. I don't remember our first interaction. It would have had to been... See, at the bars that in that time?
2: Yeah, I imagine. Because it's would... not just drivers that are young at this time. It's yeah, everyone exactly. in Atlanta. At, and yeah. and
4: yeah. we... We would go out almost as a paddock. Right, like oh, yeah. everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. would be at the yeah, same yeah. spots all the time. Yeah. So
0: literally, we were only enemies forty-five minutes a weekend, yeah. twice yeah. a
4: weekend. Okay. It was, I would say know, any
3: time at the track, almost.
4: No, <laughs> but okay, <laughs> you're right, you are right, you are right. But, but as but soon as
3: as soon as it was, as soon as we were out to eat, I want to throw a qualifier on this because because the fact that the, the whole paddock would go out is, is absolutely true. But there was some divisions that would oh, stay. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, <clears> like it wasn't like there was definitely there I was cliques. Yeah, for sure. It was like
0: all the frat houses going to the college football game. Yeah. Right, like we're yeah. all we're all in support of the same team, but you guys still suck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
2: Tim, do you remember getting the call to join the team? Absolutely. Yeah. How did that go? So, um,
4: so the the call was when it was after the two thousand three season, and yeah. and
2: at this point you're working for Lynx,
4: and and I was with Lynx, and and so I I structure my job as uh, generally as season contracts. Sure. So um, I don't. It, it depends, but especially at that time, I wasn't doing it as a yearly contract. When when we were done with the season, we were done. Right. Well, that's and that's pretty standard even yeah. today, I think, with a lot of teams. But. And then, you know, we would we would work from there. Right. My wife and I were in New Orleans. We were having a vacation. And just, I mean, kind of at random, I got a call from Tyler. Yeah. And uh, so, so we got the call. I'm like, that sounds really awesome. I'd really like to talk to you. So um, when I got home the next week, I went up there. Yeah. And... In fairly short order, we kinda of hammered things out and you know, it it uh it looked like I was gonna be running Alex Figgy and we were gonna be racing and I was pretty stoked. Right. And um and then between the the uh the whole Roosport, Sport, Tom Figgy Aaron Justice Aaron, trying
0: to figure it out, the whole thing.
4: Yeah, then then that's when that's when Alex was like, I wanna you know, they definitely wanted Burke Harrison. I mean, you know, one of the best engineers in the paddock. Why wouldn't you want him, right? So you, we wanted Burke, and then okay, let's have a guy that can shows shows he can do this.
2: So, so basically, you get moved to the guy that already won the championship. Yeah, no pressure. Not a bad way to go.
4: I was super stoked because it was like, all right. I got a guy. Obviously, he can run it. Right, right? he can win. So he if he's win. not winning, and yeah, and the guy that helped him win the last championship yeah, is sitting in the seat beside me. Right, he's engineering. Right. Alex's I'm in a pretty car. good spot.
2: Yeah, you got a lot of support right. there. Right. Uh, so, but also, if you f- up, that's you. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for
4: sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's that was never not the case. So, right.
2: <laughs> so I would argue, even though you guys showed up. And did well in two thousand three. That two thousand four season, between winning races and eventually the championship, to me, that is now what made you uh, a credible team in any series. A million percent. Because well, because you were able to beat top teams. And that is.
4: It was a. It there was a significant expansion right between the two years. You, you kind of doubled the size of the team. So yeah. it went from being two mini or one minivan to two. You know. Right. And, <laughs> and so. It's true.
2: I've never heard it explained that way, but that actually makes sense. But yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. But so, I think like that was that was like the the embryo, right, yeah, and then I feel like two thousand four was uh uh it was a more developed team that didn't have to go through the startup issues, like Tyler put together a really good group that had had all the aspects that we needed
2: Tim, obviously on the engineering side you're you know you're very involved on the performance side when you hear of the idea of going to champ car, which is a few steps above where you're at, oh hell yeah. How ready do you guys think you are?
4: Oh, not at all. Not yeah. at all. So we had a Is meeting. Is your name Tim? <laughs> I just was echoing. Okay. We had a meeting that um, it was a Sunday morning meeting. And I'm out with my wife because it's her birthday.
6: Oh. <laughs> and the
4: in-laws. Right. And the family uh-huh. and everything. Uh-huh. And while we're having this Sunday morning breakfast that's just wonderful, I'm on the porch of wherever we're at. I think it's like an El Torito or something. Mm-hmm. I'm on the porch having this conversation. We had a big meeting, right? And and we have two rookie drivers and two rookie engineers, right? right. Like
2: because you you've never touched anything this advanced,
4: not really, yeah. no, not really, and and uh, and neither is Burke, yeah. right? Now they all all these cars work on the same principles, right? But Hey man, it really helps when you've got 20 year book and experience and all this stuff coming in and you know, so how we just presented it from the get go is like, this is bare minimum a three year project, right? Don't expect anything from 2007. Like, let's just be we just, we just need to go start developing our, our, our books. We just need to go get our feet well. We need to learn how do we run these cars what's the best what's this what's that you know we just need to figure that part out right. a little bit
2: because everyone on this team is new mechanics engineers drivers but also the car like there is the no data is set new. from yeah. the chassis that you can go out to and, and we don't we yeah. don't
4: have <laughs> these huge notebooks from the Lola right, and, and the Reynard like, and the March car and the, is built by Panos
2: who have nothing yeah. they have no prior years of running a car like this so right. you can't even go to the factory and say like can you help us with a baseline
4: right. right well i mean they did have a baseline that they gave us and that's where we started right. you know and then but to be fair
0: i mean to you know uh, that was part of the reason we made the choice to do that was because it was a brand new chassis that yeah. everyone was getting at the same time. Right. And so, where had we gone in and had to run a, a, a Lola or a Reynard or whatever they were? We there's no way we could have because we got no chance. They have all this information. The selling point to the Figgies by Kevin was with the new car. Everyone's on a level playing field. That's true. Well. Except, or is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: of ex- of except the, you know, or decades it? that everyone has had running these, yeah. running a car that's very, very similar prior, you know? So, I think...
0: Entire the, models and all yeah, the other items, the, the right? Yeah, the people
4: who who knew what they should know were, were like, yeah, this is going to be a development thing. Like, the you know, the drivers are going to have to develop to, to drive a champ car. Like, it is... I don't know. I've never done it, right? But... I don't think it's fun to drive a champ car. No way. I think it's a hell of a challenge. I think it is a, a, a an amazing display of skill and talent and everything.
0: It's got to be super rewarding when you absolutely ring something like that neck and get it make it. Happen. Know, it's like
4: climbing Everest, right? Yeah, that's, that's not, not fun. fun.
0: No. scary. You
4: do it for other reasons for than fun. And 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 it's the same way. And so going in, you know, uh, I was able to ruin my, my wife's
2: birthday right away. Good. good. During, for this, this, uh, cause you strike me as a guy that can just let things go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so no, I, the, and and his wife is as well. She just told <laughs> Yeah. She,
4: <laughs> she was like not happy that yeah. I'm having this meeting, you know, in the middle of her birthday. Yeah. Um, but we were like, okay, so let's just start with the basics. Let's get the drivers some time. And you know what, let's get Burke and I some time just watching other guys run the Lola. So let me
2: ask you this because tim i don't know if this initially went through your head but uh tyler on your end um we've all been in the sport long enough that we know money leaves right you know people come in people come and people leave when it's no longer fun you can as an engineer explain to the people paying for it in this case the figgies look it's not going to be immediately successful and they may hear you Mm -hmm. but when it actually happens and it's not working out That's another story. Is there any part of you that's like, this isn't going to work out, and they might leave in a year if I'm not careful?
4: It. uh, We had the where we received the car was uh, at Sebring, and it was a series test at Sebring. Right. And, um, literally, after the first morning or first whatever the first official session was where they posted times, why aren't we at the top of the sheet? Correct. From the from Tom. From Tom, literally, the first session.
2: And like Forsyth
4: is here. Yeah. And
2: Rue Sport and Newman Haas. And Newman Haas. And right. And and, yeah, and, and,
4: and and and
0: and and Rocket Sports who is well, a, a good team. They were at helping the time. us. Yeah, yeah. Mid pack team yeah. was you but know, I mean – I mean, and, and, and you may not ever hear this again, but God bless Paul Gentilosi and then you'll hear this a lot. God bless Phil Howard. Sure. But but they literally they helped us out a lot. They helped us out help yeah. a
2: lot. You've got Forsyth and Newman Haas and yeah. Paul Tracy and Bourdais, and we're trying to run in Wilson. the ring and pinion. Yeah, right.
0: Like it, the car's not even shifting right. Like if you go back yeah. and take a look at the video of that, it, it's it's really yeah. it was. Uh, it was a, it was a very difficult test. We were doing good to go out there and just do laps at speed. We yeah. weren't right. even working on but the car.
2: Where so where Tim was going with this is so so Tom says right to the top stars. Is there a side of you that realizes like oh this is this is the expectation realities are not going to be a fun year.
5: Hmm.
0: Here's the deal with that, T. Is that up until that point, even with the series that we were going into where we had not been before? You know you think about in the ALMS with the GT1 program we produced a couple of podium finishes and we're reasonably competitive yeah in the Grand Am series you know we did we did okay at, at several races actually you know with Boris on yeah. the GT car we yeah. won a couple of races and when and, and <clears throat> the Grand Am car we finished on the podium like we had we had respectable results as a first-year team every single time when we got the champ car we got our ass handed to us yeah right. we were
2: but is there a cognizance in the team about as far, the figgies? As, far oh, so, as the figgies I'm thinking like as a, you're still serving a client in a way personally right. I don't think no. it ever crossed my
4: mind
0: really yeah I mean you're
2: there to make a car go fast yeah. so you're not and, thinking the big picture the way you would have to well, and, and I'm gonna say know?
0: from the big picture perspective I from the first test I felt like we're doomed <laughs> <laughs> okay we're doomed uh, because I mean, but this guy's we'll been never, we'll you. never we'll never meet the expectations first of all that first test what it illustrated for me was two things number one we'll never meet the expectations because this is a load harder than anything we've done up to this point like right a lot harder like not a magnitude of one beyond what you thought of, yeah. yeah yeah even even with experienced guys like mike you know michael harvey came in we yeah. hired him to help us right that, that's what he's michael done for Roy. the last five years right we got proper experienced mm-hmm. guys that are coming in to give us some suggestion and i was still like man we are we have bitten a lot more off than we could chew we I don't think we had any idea what we just jumped into
2: Daniel, you'd been in and around Tyler and the team for years, but this is your first real year with the team in in Champ Car. What was your thought about the team going into the series? Well, um, I don't remember the
3: time period um, from when I – think I started in December, and I don't remember how long before that point until we received the first cars and all that. I think it was February. February, February, yeah. So so three months maybe around the team, and obviously it was a little bit – trying to find my footing as well. So I was still in the sort of getting to know everybody kind of, so I, I had no real gauge as to people's abilities, but obviously I knew from their previous run that they were a, a solid team and whatever.
2: But Sure, but you'd I mean, had champ car experience prior to this. Correct, yeah. And you knew that in their Grand Am days and ALMS and Atlantics, like it wasn't the size of the operation you would no. need in a champ car team.
3: No, and I, it's the, what struck me first was basically the um, what was the major thing is is – I had already experienced what it takes to run one of these cars, even though, you know, I was just one part of the team, which everybody is in in motorsport. But all the procedures and actions and everything that you need to do to be successful using those tools, meaning those cars, um, you know, there was not anybody new on the team pretty much. And so I was relied upon. I I remember certain circumstances like, oh, this, we need to do this and whatever. And then, but I was only a small, cause I was still trying to get my stuff up and going to be ready for when that would show up. But at the same time, I I realized pretty early on that, that it was a a big endeavor we're about to embark on.
4: How would you guys rate the progress of the team over the course of that champ car year? I did it by percentage. So every every session, I ranked our cars with respect to whoever was fastest that session.
2: Like what was the delta?
4: Yeah, yeah, a percentage wise, right? Okay. And the slope was in the right direction. Right. Okay. No, that's <laughs> you a, know that's a reasonable thing. So, so it it, it started, started out eight percent slower. I think it started out around three and a half percent and it ended okay. about one percent.
2: It's not a bad deal. No, um, but is that is that you on the engineering side figuring out the cars? That the flow of the team is kind oh, of was oh it was everything yeah.
4: right because. uh, Working with, with Ryan, so I, I engineered DL, DL right? Yeah, not Eversley. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so so we were playing we were playing off of each other a lot, right? So he would kind of make a step, and then I could make a step, and then he could make a step, and I could make a step. And here's the thing: here's a big difference when you're coming from a a small bore formula car to to a champ car. In in say in Atlantic you're getting the car as neutral as you possibly can all the time, right? Your tires are relatively hard in those days. The, the cars were light, the races were short. Um, it, was, it was qualifying laps until somebody crashed, right?
0: right? Until you crashed or the race was over.
4: And, and so you needed that, you know, perfect to a little loose balance, right? Yeah, neutral loose. And when you try to put that on a champ car, when you when you're looking to get a big car to have a balance like a little car, it doesn't work. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because first of all, a big car is never gonna get to that that you yeah. know, that perfect balance right. like you could Just get a with a pendulum, yeah. And then the other thing is you're trying to hook up 750 horsepower.
5: Yeah,
0: right.
4: and, so, well, and so, and so if you're neutral and, and, and five, then you add,
5: you
0: know, whatever, 250 more kilos as well. Like yeah, it's a,
4: it's a bigger car, and so
2: um, you're saying if you if you try to apply throttle on a neutral car, it's going right. Yeah,
4: you're you're yeah. you you can't right, yeah. and and I mean it's it what happens is a car cars neutral mid corner, you you try to go to throttle and you just have to baby 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 and then drive out right. I got to talk to him later about it because I, he was a teammate later on. But who actually taught me quite a bit about how a champ car needs to handle around a, around a street circuit in particular was Sebastian Bourdais. And how did Sebastian do it? Nothing, because we never spoke. I never spoke to him until like 2013 or something. I just watched him. Yeah. And he would go into those corners, all of them, and the front tires would be like this, right? And and he would he would constantly be just massive amounts of push in this car. Right. And I'm watching it and I'm like, how is it so damn fast? I can't understand how it's so stinking fast. And so at some point, uh, before Toronto, Ryan and I were talking and and we are like, we've, we've up to this point, we've been fighting understeer the entire way. That's all we have fought. We just have this understeer and we try to get the understeer out. And then the car's just a mess.
0: Right, yes yeah, I can't not, even go back to throttle yeah, anywhere.
4: Yeah, nowhere, right? The car has to be completely straight before you can go to throttle. And so, um All right, we're just not going to talk about understeer. Whatever we're doing, we're just going to go and make the car put power down. And I really don't care how it is anywhere else. If it if it is a dump truck and you have to come to a do a three point turn in the corner, I don't care as long as it puts power down. And that was one of those times where we were able to take a step. We led the race and, and and it rained,
0: we pitted right. And we we, had, we had some things go right. but nonetheless, we led
4: the race. We had some stuff go right for us there, but, and, and that leading that race was, was, that was the high point of that year for sure. I mean, far and away. Right. Um, But that was, that was a point where Ryan and I actually were able to both take a step forward. And he's like, oh, okay, this is kind of what I got to do. And from my perspective, I'm like, all this work that I've been doing, trying to, you know, nail the front end of this car has just been hurting me the entire time. Because now I'm nervous on the way in right. and can't put power down on you the were way out. You are dealing
2: with symptoms, but not a fundamental problem.
4: Right. And so that was one of those things that we were
2: able to take a jump forward. Daniel, how would you rate that season? Um,
3: learning curve. Yeah. huge learning curve for me personally big big growth from my personal skill level yeah. and also just um so when i went to champ cars i went to work for conquest which is very established they had run justin before yeah. i showed up right we had they had a previous year with a really good driver and then we had two new guys show up the year chris, I ju-
0: who was the manager chris Moore? yeah chris yeah. Moore. Good yeah guy.
3: definitely You're absolutely one guy one of the better people yeah yeah, yeah, I've ever worked with yeah sure great guy anyway so um, but I had learned a lot but I'd learned more on the technical side of things not so much on the uh, the running of a team and um, like general ways to improve performance and more thinking outside the box and all this stuff like the year that we did in 2007 for me personally because there were so much problems in my department I had to interact a lot with the manufacturer and all this stuff, and, and it was a big growth year for me because I, learning to deal with all that. Gearbox all yeah, that. Yeah, and then fa- failures, and there was massive problems and all this stuff, and still being fairly green to these cars, even though I had you know, some experience. Everyone was but, green to them. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Nobody had run that Hewland box no. before. And I would say that um, – It took about, in my view, about halfway through the year. So about that Toronto weekend before the team really got its act together. Basically where we would offload the truck and we'd look like any other team. Right. Right. We knew knew what we were doing. Exactly. From every aspect of the thing, from the setup of pit lane, the whole thing, like everything was starting to go smoothly at that point.
2: Had Champ Car stayed in its form, do you think the team would have had a good 2008?
3: Oh, yeah. I think so. I think we were setting up.
2: Last couple races of that Champ Car season, do you guys have any clue that Champ Car as a series is possibly no. going away? No, I think I the
3: series was in an upswing. I think I, I thought, thought so the too. Australia round was pretty good. Mexico, yeah. I mean, people Mexico. show up in Mexico, so I know that some people made money off that race. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> for sure. I mean, I mean, look at F one. Statement I mean,
5: about Champ
2: Car, like I know in that one, money. Pretty might sure have been there made. was yeah. money made in Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: A lot of so, people there, dude. Yeah. So anyway, so bottom line is, no, I felt. Genuinely like the series was an upswing. Right. Um you know, we, we'd we just gone to Europe and all this stuff. And I don't obviously we weren't privy to any of this stuff. All we had was our nose like this. Right,
2: normally get... you get a, you get a whiff of something going on. I mean I did it's not, such a small pattern, I had but not, I no had nothing, one got anything. No, not, yeah. a
3: whiff. not
4: not nothing.
2: So Tim, you're still with PCM yep. as that two thousand seven season closes, yep. but in a different role. Yeah.
4: yeah. So
2: Yeah, so we were
0: we this, had a Partnership with uh, with uh, uh, U.S. RaceTronics and Shane's son of Rodney. Yep. RaceTronics
2: being another really good Atlantic program. Very good Atlantic program. Yeah. Exactly
0: yeah. right. And, well, in fact, in Shane's claim to fame was before he started his own program, he was the manager at Dorkart when they won all their championships. Yeah. So very capable, very very yeah. very competent guy. Yeah. Carl Skurlong in the car. I yeah. mean, we had we had that Atlantic program was tight. In between. And, not, and Frankie. <laughs> you
4: know, I was running Frankie. Mutes. Yeah, Frankie. yes exactly right. Yeah. So. You know, this is how Tyler and I have always done our our contract negotiations, right? We were uh, out behind the PCM shop, sitting on picnic table.
2: In Oxnard. Uh,
4: This was in in, uh, Ventura. Ventura. Or Oxnard, yeah. And um, we just talked about, what do you want? What do you need? You know, he's asking me what I want, and I'm asking him what he needs. You know, it's like, he didn't really want me on the champ car next year, and I didn't really want to be there. Um, but we still wanted to work together, Right. you know, and so we're like, "What's going to work for both of us?" Yeah. And uh, and he's like, "Well, you know, I think this I think this Atlantic thing is going to come together.
0: We got a good guy, yeah. got a good deal, like everything. Shane's stoked, right? Tim yeah. just won the championship with John a couple of years back. So, like we got good so, info. Yeah, so let me
2: we we kind of got sidetracked. Let me back it up. So U.S. Racetronics they don't want to run their own program and run under PCM. Um,
0: I don't know that they necessarily well. There was a value that both Shane and I yeah. saw from a marketing standpoint, in particular at the time with Frankie, yeah, with Frankie yeah. Munez having the connection to the Champ Car team and all of okay. that. Yeah. We we did a cooperative effort that helped program. So our in other words, program. by he brought Carl. by kinda
2: of running him as like a satellite junior deal. Yeah, It correctly. gives the appearance that I'm part of this development team. Correct. Deal. Yeah. Okay.
0: One hundred percent. And okay. and no frankly, different than
2: like how a Red Bull might partner with a GP two team even exactly. though it's not a Red Bull. 100%, and I was, but, same deal.
4: Like I was always PCN. Yeah, like Burke and I were always paid right. by PCM. We right. were we weren't we weren't uh, employees. So your
2: PCM provided people on a US race stroke. Exactly oh, correct. correct. Okay.
4: Well, and, and and here's the thing was that
0: um, uh, the culture on the team was such that uh, and 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 God bless Tom Figgy. Our, our budget was also such that uh, even when we would have to maybe make a change that we didn't want to make it didn't have to be the typical fuck you, send you down the road, right? You know, we had a junior team. We had some other things to do. Like right. Tim and I were able to continue our relationship that even though yeah. it wasn't necessarily specifically what Tom was paying for at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, you said you didn't want to come back. Why? Um, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Because you weren't winning or because you were just trying to figure something out that it was... was...
4: It was... Um... I don't know that I've ever really completely, completely uh, considered that.
2: Because I'm assuming but, when you decide to go down the path of being a racing engineer, just like being a driver or anybody in the sport, like mm-hmm. your goal is to get to IndyCar or NASCAR, whatever the top yes. tier of your thing is. Yes, yeah, it is. So so why
4: do you get, get there and then, and then like, decide I don't uh, want to do eh, this? Yeah. Because I've done other stuff yeah. and I can put it into perspective. You know, well, it's really no different whether you're running yeah, a go kart or whether you're running an Indy car. You're doing the same damn thing, right?
0: Yeah, but here's the thing, Timmy, is that and, uh, I think that uh, I think it was also a derivative of uh, unreasonable expectations being placed on you at a uh, live or die level, like
4: like 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 succeed or be fired, right? And it was. There was that too. There was that too, but that was... I mean, that's always the game you play. Yeah, but but but, but, it, but in it, an arena
0: where you know you've got a shot is way different than in an arena where you really don't know. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and at the IndyCar, at and the Champ Car level, we did... None of us knew.
4: There's kind of a before and an after, Tim. And that, Tim, to took everything so personal, right? I would think um, you'd have to at that level. If, if the car had understeer... That was a personal shortcoming of mine, right? Right, so so I took everything to heart so much.
2: I'm that way with a bad guest, I get this. Okay, so, yeah. so, so it was, <laughs> it was. like my wife. It, it, <laughs> wife was fine, go <laughs> yeah, on. She did great, yeah, she's anyway.
0: supposed, she supposed to be much more upset.
4: So the continued lack of, of even being able to be to even feel competent. Right. I mean, you, you always go into something like that. Just, you feel like an imposter to begin with. Right. And to, to, we had all sorts of cool stuff that we were working on, but I don't think we really had the ability for me as as the race engineer to take the team where it needed to go, and I knew that, and I I was okay with that.
2: So before any of the news about Champ Car and all that comes out, you're already away from what's going to be. I, I the have Champ stepped Car away. Yep. Right. yep. But hopefully in a happier place.
4: Uh, you know what? I,
2: I was <laughs> right, and if there's one thing we all know, it's that even if Champ Car and IndyCar Car have their problems, Atlantic's going to be here forever. Yeah, right. Daniel, where are you when you hear about Champ Car?
3: Well, um, I don't. I didn't have the moment like Tim had with the you know the. I think we had a, a meeting. Um, Tyler had a meeting with us in the race shop, if I remember, and to announce that basically Champ Car was done. And um, that we didn't have a clear path forward at this point. Right. But uh, he was working on whatever the next steps would be. And at that point, we had a. a just prior to that, we had ramped up some people that we brought in and stuff. And immediately, some of them uh, were like, okay, well, we're not going to stay. Huh. Yeah, yeah
4: right. exactly. Some, <laughs> the <some> smart ones.
2: <laughs> so you heard everything all at once, which is champ car is going away. Yeah. And by the way, the figgies are out. Yes. So that was all you, there was no one.
6: No,
3: other it, was, no, no. Wow. it was, no, yeah. no, it was a, well, because I mean, so first off, obviously it was a pretty big structure. These, you know, at the time the team, I mean, it was, we weren't a Newman Haas structure, but we were still, still a you know, team. And, yeah. So there was like levels of management to get to us Right at the, <laughs> yeah. so, so what I'm trying to say is, is basically the they had to yeah. filter through a little bit yeah. and none of us it's really like had concern. I love
2: this. Yeah, okay, no,
3: on. but I mean, really, we, we just, we, we rode in the boat, you know, we all, everybody was, you know, paddling, but you know, we're. And
0: that's the best way to say it. And so we got everybody together and here's the state of here's the state of the union, right? Yeah. And and, and and everybody got the honest state of, here's here's where we are here's what I got and left here's what the plan is here's what I hope to, to make happen we're going to see whether or not we make it happen for those of you who can't afford to risk this you need to bail out now for those of you who can't afford to and choose to it's a risk that we're taking but I'm, I'm all in I'm going for it and then those of you who want to do this with me let's go and and I, and I had a group of 20 guys who
3: there was way more that wanted to stay that that wanted to leave for whatever that word I mean I think we had we had a a good team I was very fortunate through my career most of the teams I've worked on for extended lengths I mean I've done a lot of moonlighting here and there or whatever but most of the stuff yeah but but most of the teams that I did championships with um I've been really lucky to to be part of some really special groups of guys guys that you know um
0: well and, and Moose I, I think that's going back to what I said earlier about what what um, John's brother you know uh, uh, Tommy Fogarty said is is that it's it's uh it's in our industry we're fortunate and whether to, I mean Sean you're you're just the same kind of guy right I and mean, it's like there's there's no one does this for the money bro <laughs> no one pretty does much. this for the money not not at our level you know I mean yeah. at, the, at the guys who stroke the checks and the guys who drive cars and all that kind of thing they do but the guys who actually go to the racetrack every day and set the awning up and put the kiwi tile down and, and, and actually work in the industry they do it because they really love racing and so to hang out with a group of guys who really love racing that's part of what it makes it special about being interviewed with, with Dinner with Racers is because you know you get to be a part of that's 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 a pretty rare group dude and it's it's not fancy and it's not and you know it's what it is is it's a group of guys That have a single minded pursuit of a passion, and and there's something really cool about that, right? Like it's it's it it, it binds you with someone that, like, like nothing else.
2: So, you literally wake up one morning with a job, big, beautiful 2008 ahead.
0: We're going to champ car racing,
2: and big program. You get to the shop, and the series you're in is gone, as is the team. How is this laid out to you? Um. Well, I think, uh, I think Tyler put it
3: down pretty well. It, it's from what I remember, it was one of those moments where, and I will give this to you, Tyler, you were always very frank. Like there was no like salesmanship or any of this stuff. It was like, okay, well, this is done. Our investor is out. And because they don't want to jeopardize, you know, Alex on the ovals. So, so we're just going to stick with, you know, yeah, with with Mario, and then we'll, we'll you know, uh, I'm going to try to make it work. I'm not sure how long I, that can happen, what the next steps are, or whatever, but we're working really hard. And he, he I remember the, the part of the speech about if you can't risk it, if you need steady income, then now is your time to go. Get your warning because, you know, after the next paycheck, then That's there's going. nothing it's, it's, else. It's yeah. about to get medieval, So yeah. it,
2: it was... Explained to you in that dire of a oh, way. Oh, like, absolutely I have directly. This much for the first payroll, and yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. That really was the way it was. Put yeah, to.
3: absolutely. Very frank and honest.
2: Yeah. Tim, in my head, you think you're insulated from this. I, I don't think know I if am. this is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Yeah.
4: I thought. I thought. My God, I've actually this this whole thing's crumbling. I think I might come out okay.
2: Right, because yeah. you're on a program. I'm on a it's program. It's a PCM program, but it's kind of not.
4: It's kind of it's kinda, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: it's it's insulated, like yeah. you say. Yeah. Well, so
0: here's the thing. Carl Skerlong's dad's writing checks, yep. and Frankie Munoz writes checks. The the Atlantic team had a revenue stream that the Champ Car team no longer did. That's right.
2: So you see that Champ Car is going away. Yeah. Uh, on a cell phone. Yep. Um, when that happens, do you put together the implications with PCM necessarily? Not
4: really. No. Yeah. No.
2: Um, with this kind of new impetus on the team of you don't know what your future is, new ownership and whatnot to to get that podium at Long Beach, which in a weird way was almost like a kind of a nice little stamp on that champ year for you. Um, did it change any of the tone with the guys?
3: Okay, so going into the weekend, I would say... Everybody was a little bit somber, for sure, because we didn't. That was the last race. We didn't know what was going on. Well, let
0: me let me let me set the stage for it a little bit as well, because at that point, Tom and I had already done our deal, and I had bought the team from Tom. But Alex actually ran the last Champ Car race with us as a legitimate, straight up customer. Like he was no longer a part of the team. So you got like a rental check. Correct. Exactly right. Like I put together a budget and gave it to Tom. And so in addition to the sponsorship check we got from Mexico City for Mario, we also got a check from Tom to run. Alex so it was it was still a two car team Mm -hmm. but for the first time Tom was not the owner he was purely a customer yeah right and 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 Mario was all of the focus was on Mario and and that was our step forward
2: but in terms of the tone for the team
3: for me I mean more from the mechanic standpoint and all this stuff everybody was kind of apprehensive a little bit I thought we had a good shot because we'd shown well with Mario on the street track so but nowhere did we expect this kind of performance There was something simple
4: that happened at, at Long Beach that concerned me. And it's that we couldn't afford drinks to put in the cooler. Interesting. That
2: concerned yeah. me. And I couldn't. That, there's a real wake up call. Yeah. yeah. And that's because they take cash, no credit. I'm that's assuming. correct. Yeah.
4: Yeah, correct. that was a, oh
2: Yeah.
4: We can't put drinks
2: in the cooler so on one so on one hand you, the, on one hand the champ car guys are elated but you are on a weird kind of sideline role with the atlantic program right. and you're seeing the reality of, uh yeah i'm like wait a minute that's weird
4: that's a problem
2: yeah we've all been part of programs that have gone south for mm-hmm. one reason or another and it's always that moment it's the yeah. You can't get the drinks where it's weird, but it's minor enough that you let it go. Yeah. Right. But it's actually, that should have been the thing that that t- should it have yeah. That should have, but, but that was... But it
4: was, it was something that I remembered. Yeah. Like, it was, it was like, oh, that could be a problem.
2: Uh, yeah. Daniel, the deal with the IndyCar merge is that all the new champ car teams are allowed and uh, are to be given a new chassis and an old chassis. Well, a
3: good and a... Maybe not so good.
2: <laughs> what did you get instead?
3: We got a we got a Ray Hall car, which, in a way, I feel, being that I'm you know a karate race mechanic, I feel that that was probably a better deal to have okay. a pre built car from somebody, even though it was maybe not ready to go by any stretch, but at least there was a lot of it that was already figured out. Like, Had we gotten the real deal of a brand new car with everything, I think we would have struggled probably even more than we did. I think so. Fair enough. I think so, yeah. Because there was a lot of assemblies that were already there, yeah, and there was a lot of stuff that we... You know, obviously we refurbished everything, but there was a lot of stuff we didn't have to figure out as to when you get a new car and you have the parts book and you go through this and then you put it together and you have no clue what the intricacies of trying to build a car that's going to go 225 miles an hour. And um, yeah, whatever. It's probably not English, but (laughs) that's good enough. (laughs) So, so, but (laughs) all the little details that it takes to make it go that fast and be reliable. We wouldn't have picked up from bare carbon. Yeah. We we had to get that car that was already built yeah. and we
2: took apart and figured out some stuff and refurbished or whatever. So you get a car from Ray Hall, a Billy Boat car as we say. Billy Boat. Which is in fact a driver's name, not a term. <laughs> well,
5: um, a little bit of both.
0: <laughs> it did not float. Um, that Billy Boat car was not a we did not have a spare.
2: Yeah. um <laughs> we had one car. You have done how much testing on this car when you get
3: to Indy? Oh, so the car wasn't built. We weren't finished. So we received the cars yeah. at the shop in California yeah. and we thrashed for I think it was two weeks or something like of that nature, 10, 10 days. Mm-hmm. And we May fizi- 1st
0: we're going to, so so, so Long Beach is the 15th yeah, of April. So we, we, oh, we
3: had, yeah, so we had to like shove the stuff in and the car wasn't finished. So we showed up in the garage at Indy and we had to ask for special dispensation every night because they closed the garages right. in order stay that, to stay late and finished the car, so,
0: and and who were we garaged between?
3: Mo? Oh, I forget that.
0: Pensky was on the right, and Ganassi was on the left. <laughs> just so, just so we're clear. I didn't remember
3: that. <laughs> yeah. I, all I saw was the back end of that car.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, so, See, so that's, basically, that's PCM cool was right sh- was showing everybody how it was done. Yeah, yeah. So how you, you really did it. Boys. Boys.
2: Put this car in pieces, basically. Well, it was a tr- roller, but it, but it, it, it's not it, it, it was not a runner. Yeah. It wasn't a runner, uh, oh. no. And oh. you don't know this car at all, and you're going off to not only the biggest race on the planet, but the race is going to make or break you guys. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, like We have to make the
3: race. Right. Like yeah. our, 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 oh, our, oh, there was no <clears> question. <throat> we had to make the race.
2: Yeah. Now, yeah. we know from other conversations with Tyler and Michael just how dire – Indy was for the success of the program between the need for prize money and to keep the sponsors happy. On your end, do you understand how big of a deal Oh, absolutely. Is? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no, okay. it's clear Cause, as cause we, we
5: talked
0: about it. If we, we, we don't...
3: Yeah. No, 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 but okay, but it was more than that because the meeting where he told us like, hey, <laughs> this is time to leave if you don't want to yeah. stay. Yeah. Like there was a few more of those meetings after. Not to say like, hey, there's no money in the bank, but just to keep us abreast of where just we are. So everybody real. was crystal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so. Cool. basically... Put that extra little bit
2: of effort because we can't this, this up. Is, yeah. This is it. So you know how big of a deal it is to you guys. There are several cars going home this year. Is this in your mind that qualifying is critical area number one? But I have to
3: say, because of the nature of where we were, where we showed up with the car not built and all this yep. stuff, I don't think we had any forethought to that consequence we were just really trying to get the car on track and trying to yeah. get it to run reliably and th- there was all these milestones to get through before we could even think like right. okay the qualifying we have to beat all these other guys
2: no one's thinking oh right we got to worry about these four other guys yeah how fast
3: are they going oh no 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 we're just yeah. hey can we just get on track can i just get this upright <laughs> together here yeah i got it <laughs> Literally, it was yeah. it was that
0: it was that it rudimentary.
3: Was, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was, I wouldn't call it rudimentary. It was more like matter of fact. Let's get to step one, and yeah. then we'll think about step two. Yeah.
2: Right. Normally, to run, let's say, the biggest race in the world, you do a shakedown run before you show up. Um, Mario's never driven Indy. Is this any point at any point is anybody worried that his first lap at Indy is also the shakedown of a car that we've never run before? Uh, well, it got to be a worry as the days go by. Yes.
3: And meaning because when we showed up, obviously there was rookie uh, rookie day yeah, where with they, they like no veterans yeah, were so there yeah, on. So, so like,
2: there is a day, um, rookie ROP. Tor- yeah. Uh, it's called the ROP uh, the where there's a portion of the track that they just say rookies can go out. Yeah, build your else. speed yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys. And you have you to complete don't. these
3: thresholds. Like right. it's so many laps at this speed, so many laps at that speed, and, yeah, build, and build up. Your way. Or, yeah.
2: And what happened to you guys?
0: We, our car wasn't ready. We, yeah. we, we were not physically ready to do it. And so it the, the, the clock was ticking off, and we were missing these milestones of getting a chance to do the, the rookie orientation and all of that. And so finally, we got down to the very last minute, and it was the car needed to hit the track for us to shake it down. And simultaneously, Mario had not done his rookie orientation, so he hadn't been cleared to race at the 500 yet yep. or qualify or anything. Yep. And so we went out to do the... Shakedown of the car for the first time it ever hit the racetrack, and simultaneously, Mario had to do four laps at 200 miles an hour to garner his rookie orientation. And those two things happened at the same time,
2: just like Penske does it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, typically, when you send a car out for a shakedown, you do one lap and you come back in, you take a look and see whether or not there's anything broken or leaking or yeah. not working yeah. right. We did not have the luxury, we had to do four laps in a row at a minimum of 200 miles an hour, or we would not be allowed to continue forward. And that's, I do
3: remember that, that specific, that was a big deal. Yeah. Like I remember oh, when, yeah.
4: when I heard that, I was like,
3: thank God, at least, at, we least, at least we can to go forward. Thing, yeah. 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 yeah, Because there was still after that, some amount of practice left so right, that right. we could actually like, tune
0: the car to make the race. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So when you're setting up to qualify and you're running qualifying simulations effectively during practice, what is the number one thing you're trying to simulate and get a feel for?
4: In most places, you only have to qualify one lap, right? Right. So um, you can make it kind of as knife edgy as the guy can handle and and you hope that he goes around the track and he basically doesn't steer. Um, There's a real problem with being balanced on an oval is right, like the moment that a driver says it's perfectly neutral on an oval, that's a bad moment because the next moment he's in the wall and
2: because of the tire wear,
4: because just, yeah, you're, you're, you're in qualifying mode. So you're putting as much heat as you can and, and there's absolutely no concern. So, so being able to start with one balance and not have it go too bad in whatever direction it's going, you know, whatever, wherever it's set up to go, you, you, the fact that it it can run four consistent laps as opposed to just one smoker it, it's a different game.
2: Right. So it sounds to me like in practice, the tire fall off and how those tires are going to be on lap one to lap four is a huge part of absolutely. you guys setting up.
4: It's a, it would be a massive
2: deal. If qualifying is your number one objective and the big thing you have to do, if you could, you would run stickers in every practice, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. To run those four laps. You would
4: probably do two. Yeah. Every session you got, you would probably do because whenever you run a qualifying sim, Whenever a guy runs stickers in that situation, he always comes back and goes, stickers
5: being new tires.
4: Yeah. New tires. He always comes back and goes, yeah. Okay. Now that I've run it, now I know someplace else I can go that I can ask for, I can ask for the grip here or there. I couldn't, I didn't know I could ask for it the first time, but if I get a chance to do it again, then I can ask for it again. Right. Then I can, I can go ahead and ask for that, whatever I need. Right. So, um, Especially when someone is really coming to grips with a car, track, whatever. Every time you put stickers on them, their confidence levels, their confidence level jumps, right? If you could just throw stickers out of left, right, and center, that's what you would do. You would.
2: So, and more importantly, if you are, let's say, a budget limited team. Then you um, can't do that. And you can't <laughs> do that. But similarly, like if you have 10 lap old tires or 15 lap old tires, can you really get an accurate read on qualifying? No, Possible. Are you just adding to a debt every time these new tires go on? One million percent. On? Are you thinking about this every time it happens? For sure. Yeah. Do you have any idea that this is happening? Um, like I would say not as type? it's happening. Yeah.
3: Not not as it's happening because for us, obviously. We're on the technical side, so all the business side of things, we don't consider because right. we don't have time to think about sure. it. So in our sense, it's what, it, what is it going to take for us to make it? Right. We, we're all aware that we're under the gun, but we're also thinking that at least some of the tools we need are going to be provided to us for us to accomplish this goal. Did you restrict tires?
0: No. No. No, and, and and kudos to Firestone. The only reason I didn't restrict tires is because they didn't make me. They just let me charge whatever I needed to. They're like, whatever you got to do to do
2: it. And I'm guessing in your attitude at this time is simply, you're going to lose it all if you don't do this. Oh, so man, I'm all in. So one more I'm set all of tires? In. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah, make yeah, any yeah, difference. Right.
0: Absolutely right. Yeah. Like, if you're dumb enough to give me credit, I'm going to—
2: the right tires. because yeah. you may as well lose it all anyway yeah, if you don't absolutely yeah, so. i'm
0: all in
4: yeah, absolutely right yeah 100%. 100% is 100% well, yeah. i think
0: <laughs> 100% is 100% that's exactly. <laughs> could not that could, is the yeah. most engineer thing i've ever done <laughs> that, <is, laughs> so. that, that is and i was absolutely 100%
3: but i mean to your point about um, the attempt at qualifying i think what set us back the most obviously wasn't the tires cuz tyler kept buying tires but it was our practice shunt that yep. Not in the, in the physical sense, because for an oval of that speed, for us to have such a small incident is unheard of. Because
2: basically it was a very slow, almost like a warm-up spin that he had. Yeah, right? I think coming out yep. of the
3: pits. And then he slides yep. sideways and he hit the nose. So all yep. we had to do was change the nose. But um, what that did, though, is mess with his head. And that is the part that really hampered us is because the whole time after that, we spent all of our track time trying to build back his confidence. Not that he ever had it really to begin with, but it's a daunting task. And I cannot imagine what it feels like to go down that straight at 225 for the first time. And you're straying straight at a wall and then you have to pick your turning point and you got to believe that this thing will make it around the corner.
2: So Saturday morning. You've done you've done practice now for several days. You're working on qualifying Sims. Rookie
3: orientation.
0: Exactly. All of that's done. Car is buttoned down. We got the fancy mirrors that we had to get from Penske. <laughs> oh my all, god. All of that stuff. Okay. Like we're in good shape. we're yeah. in good shape. Saturday morning we're waking up in good shape.
2: And in two thousand eight, the way qualifying worked was on that Saturday because of a rain out the previous weekend of thirty three spots. Thirty two are gonna be locked in on that Saturday. So you just need to be in the top thirty two. It doesn't matter what happens the next day where five other cars are gonna compete for one spot. You just need to be somewhere in that top thirty two and you're set.
0: And 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 we are comfortably within that top thirty two. Right. With uh, the speed we've had in the car and what we've done to that point, we should make yeah. the
2: race. And so Mario goes out for the warm up for qualifying on Saturday and what happens? uh so I think uh,
3: on the warm-up plane or something, he loses it, and uh, and we ended up missing qualifying. And so that was our attempt at going the speed we were going to go.
2: Yeah. And so now, not only do you not get the chance to see what you can do during that four-lap run, but now you're stuck with a bunch of other people looking for one spot. Yeah, correct. Coming from road racing or or in my world of sports cars, uh, if somebody – damages the car you can replace that section take whatever off bolt on the new piece and it may take x amount of time but generally it's a pretty simple process but this is indie it's not that easy correct well okay so there's two answers
3: to that yes it is easy because the cars are easy to work on in the okay. sense that the cars are simple you take a corner there's like seven bolts and it all comes apart you put the next corner around that's fine they but, are compared but, to
0: sports car indie cars are absolutely from a mechanic standpoint yeah, they're, they're much easier, they're to, easier to work are, on yeah to repair.
3: But simple edits. Yeah. Yeah. But the difference is at indie because everything is that little bullseye after you've bolted it on, you need to absolutely make sure that everything, all the settings are exactly back the way they were, everything this so the time is not just repairing or replacing the parts, it's also recalibrating everything to make sure because then if the caster is off and the toe is off and the, the camber is off and all this stuff is, and, and then we're talking like like hairs here we're not talking like like no, massive that's, that's, that's what
0: i want to say here is that is that is that when we're when you're measuring for an oval you know i mean that we're, we're measuring to the thousandth of an inch on ride height on
3: absolutely all it's of all those items things,
0: right yeah. so so to get so, it back to a window where you know, at 2.22, we don't make the race, but at 2.24, we do. Well, two miles an hour difference at that level, the minute changes that are necessary to make that happen, you know, it's it's a big deal.
3: Yeah. And so that, that's where I think some of the prep time came from to try and go back out on Saturday. It was – not so much the replacing of the parts, which there could have been some scrounging to make that happen. I don't know that we had all the stuff ready to go. Basically, it was all the readjustments of everything and making sure that all this, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's an hours long process because we can, you know, we're pretty tuned up after doing it like three times a day, four times a day, five times a day for a week straight, you get pretty good at it. But it, it's still, there's a lot of factors that you change one thing a little bit and then it changes everything else. And so you have to recalibrate all these other things.
0: This is what made that experience special to me was that no matter the setback or the um uh, uh objective at hand however likely or unlikely the mindset of the group of people that we were with was had never changed no matter what the obstacle however overcomable or not this group of people that we all were convinced Not just a little bit, but I mean, like, like, dyed in the wool, 100%. Like, there's no question this is all going to work out. We're going to be just fine. Let's just keep going forward because it's all worked out to this point and it's going to continue to work out for us. It's if I don't get, if I don't perform at a certain level, I'm not going to get a check. Like, there's, 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 there's an intrinsic value to that. All of
3: that, all of that to me, I equate to this being the sports part of motorsports because. Everybody talks about the motor part of motorsports. The motor part is going fast, having the fast driver, all this stuff. But the sports part of this motorsports equation doesn't get talked enough in my view because the sports part is when you grab a group of people, especially when you get to the highest ranks and you have really talented people that are pushing in the same direction. And when you accomplish something that's instant gratification or you have it at a tragedy like it happened to us right it was an absolute tragedy for the the company for you personally i'm sure and for like in the end none of the indycar community suffered in the least or whatever but for us that was a, a pretty big significant tragedy right the end of the team and you know more consequences on the personal side of all this stuff but to live those lows or those highs, you can only do as part of a sports thing where everybody pushes the same way. Because the instant gratification you can get—I mean, there's the esports kids that just play video games and they have the same gratification. Maybe they figure out a turn if they do the sim or the—you know—I go hide there if I shoot. It doesn't matter. Like this, it's not that it's not the same as having. All the stuff that leading up to it and having a group of people that is just accomplishing
2: something. So, Sunday morning, it's bump day. It's you and several other cars and there's only one spot uh, up for grabs. Um, As you're getting to the track on Sunday morning, what are you thinking?
3: I would say it was probably in line with everything else that had gone on in the week leading up to it, in the sense that um, we still had belief in ourselves. And it was echoing Tyler's words, like, we're just going to go through this and come out on top because that's who we are. That's we're here and we have the speed and all this stuff. That's how we do it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't think there was any extra trepidation or any of this stuff. It was, was just, no it was just, let's go do the job. Like we're
2: here to do a job. Let's go do it. Yeah. Uh, you're obviously not there.
3: I was like, I
4: was at Laguna running the Atlantic. Running the Atlantic. Deal. Right. Um, and, and we're you... like. God, please put this thing in the field at Laguna. Yep.
2: Um, how clear is it that this day is going to have a massive effect on your program?
4: We all knew this was serious. Okay. Like so, that part of it, I thought, you know, man, I'm over here doing the Atlantic stuff. I sh- I should be getting a paycheck, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you know, at the same point, I'm like, uh, this is all going to work out. And they just got to put this thing in the field. Yeah. They put this thing in the field. We're fine.
2: Yeah. So you're married. Yes. During all this, you are somewhere around knowing that your savings account is going to start becoming what's facilitating things. How invested is she in this process? Um. Well, she is like ridiculously
4: accepting on that. So. What the right? fuck? Have you, how
2: have you both done this?
0: So. <laughs> no, no. I'm telling you. So same, same. Like sir. we
4: had this is what we had always done, right? Like I had, I had, I had previously taken some pretty big swings and, and, you know, made them stick. So it was, you know, it, it was a big swing, but you know, I, I think this is going to work out. And, and obviously we had talked about it and, and, uh, and she has a real job. So that helps. Also PCM had been really good to me for the last several years. Right, So I had a bank account to, to dip, dip into. Without PCM, I wouldn't have the, the bank account to dip into in the first place. So let's respect that as well.
2: You're, so the woman you were with at the time was your now wife? Yes, correct. Uh, how close were you guys at that time?
3: Um, I think we'd been dating for a while, but... Uh, I mean, it was serious, but it wasn't, um, you know... But she... <laughs> I mean, you didn't know that you were going to be sitting
4: here well, talking about your wife. Yes, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, I. I um, I know when I'm first dating somebody, I'm never, I never, uh, I'm always very transparent with how my life works, but you never want to be so transparent that you'd look unstable with your income. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was like, is she looking at this at any point going, Oh God, what is this? Um, okay, well, it's, it's, well, there's a backstory
3: to that and I'm not sure if I'm going to go into that, but okay. basically the story was, is that, well, I'll, I will get into it because you brought it up, but, but so, um, it was my living situation gave it away a little bit because, <laughs> um, we were living in the team house. Right. I had right? rented
0: a house for the team. Yes. So I had, ah, I had it was the team, guys. Yeah. Okay. We had a team house. It's three bedroom oh, house. Yeah. I'm
3: glad I never was a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah, so I was living in the team house, and uh, n- well, at the time everything was kind of kosher still, but pretty soon thereafter, um, I wasn't living in the team house anymore. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> I got it. Roy had that sort of game, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway,
5: that's okay.
0: that.
2: Fair enough. All right. <laughs> let's Moving not, on. Let's
0: not go any further.
2: All right. So you guys do your warm ups. You've got your program together. Mario goes out puts it in the show are you happy are you guys good uh yeah i mean it's it's yeah 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 i mean that that
3: was all that we worked for but we were happy but obviously we were still so okay so it's all the milestone thing in the sense that Yes, we'd overcome something, but I don't think anybody realized where we were. I think it was like one more step, and then the next step was like, oh, now we need to make a race car, and then we need to last 500 yeah. miles, and now it's the next, the next, the next, right? Yeah. So it's not, from my standpoint, I can't say about anybody else, but right. for me,
2: it was the next thing. Okay, so check that off the list, go on. Now, here's the crazy thing about bump day that year, and every year the, the rules change. When you're in the field on bump day that year, what do they do to your car
3: uh i believe it's uh sitting in impound or something yeah right? they hold on to it yeah park and,
0: for may.
2: so what does that mean well you, you can't touch the car yeah but it's indie right you never have to change setup yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so cars are going out temps are going if you weren't in park for may you would be able to keep adjusting the car to the changing conditions.
3: Well, at least we would have it in our control uh, in the pit box, yeah. right, which I don't think it was. So the plan was we're doing the exit gurney's and then we're going to run it. So um the the tunnels under the car that we were running there's that was one of the items you could change, you know, obviously the car was fairly um I would say standardized is the right word. Um and you you had exit gurney's on top of the tunnels that would produce a fair amount of rear downforce right. and you could def you know, different sizes of those. So they have these little strips
2: you put over on the back. Yeah, of the exactly. Car so it, you could sizes.
3: picture it from, like, if you look at a Formula One car now, yeah. it has these big exits. So picture a little kind of yeah. L bracket that goes on top of it yeah. of a certain shape. So, but those were removable pretty quickly. I think it was three bolts each or something like that. And so the plan was let's zip those guys off and go run it. So
2: now you get bumped and there's minutes to spare.
3: Oh, we had to refuel as well. So I think if I remember right, now it's coming back to me. I think if I remember <laughs> right, we, we had to push the car back to our pit stall Correct. to put the fuel All in and it. Put
0: the fuel in because that's yeah. the only place allow allows yeah. Yeah. to fuel. And then
3: while that was g- going on, they were buckling Mario in the car and the the plan had already been in place. So while the car's fueling, we're removing these exit gurneys and we're putting a new set of tires and all this preparation to go run it. But we, because we were the run to the litter, we were at the very back of pit lane. So completely at pit in the furthest away from the start. Yeah. From the starting gate where you have to go put in, in the box and get the okay from Kevin Blanche or Brian, yeah, whatever it was, it was Brian and then, Byron Yeah. Done, and
2: yeah. then, yeah, get the okay that you're, you're good to go on yeah. track. Kevin Blanche, by the way, there's a great podcast you should listen to. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so so you have to do fuel, tires, driver, warm up the car. Warm up the car, wicker change. Yeah. Uh, were you doing any angle changes? At the at that moment no. The yeah. the plan
3: change was to do the wicker. The engineers came on the radio yeah. and pulled those exit wickers. That's so what we we're doing. So if
2: you were going to do this in a calm environment, how much time would you normally ask for all of those things to be done?
3: 12 to 15 minutes maybe. Something like that.
2: And how long did you have?
3: Um, well at the moment we had to push because you can't tow the yeah. car, you can't do anything. So we had to push all the way down pit lane, have mm-hmm. it warmed up, all this stuff. I remember that it was nip and tuck because the the cannon was going off at a certain and that was the end of our day. Yeah. If we didn't make the cannon, we didn't make the run. Sure,
2: the gunshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Normally if you're gonna work on the car, you wanna do it in a controlled environment, out of the wind, in a in a nice flat area. Sometimes you can do things in pit lane and get away with it. But you never want to touch a car while it's rolling, that seems like the number one way to make a mistake. Uh, yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. All this the setup and all this stuff has to be reconfirmed and all this stuff the the amount of fuel going in the car is measured down to us, you know, a hundredth of a gallon. Everything is super precise yeah. because obviously, you know, we're
2: trying to get that last. So, Tim, you're an engineer. In a normal world, would you make an aero adjustment on a rolling car? Only in these situations. Yeah. Only like this. So you guys literally have to work on this car as it's being pushed because that's how you have to make this work with the time you have. Yes.
3: And the added wind change that came halfway through or just as we were leaving. So what happens is as we're leaving the pit box, somebody makes an unplanned decision that we're going to adjust the rear wing angle as well as all the other stuff ongoing. So we managed to grab some tools. This was not in the script. This was not in the script. Yeah. Yeah. And no. And so as we are leaving the pits box, then, um, I, I think I was working on the wing change with somebody else, but we, you know, start, Right. And we have to physically run because there's a bunch of guys pushing the car. So it's moving. Right. right? So we're pushing the car (laughs) and then running and wrenching at the same time. And where our pit box was, was pretty deserted because obviously we're at the back of the field. Right. So not too many people to worry about. But as we're getting closer to the front, there's other people celebrating all the other teams cheering for us like ah, yeah come on guys right. come on guys. and kevin blanche joins the party and literally has to yell and scream to shove people out the way so that we could get to present but the you're car. still adjusting wing as this is happening yeah, yes. on a, and
0: running And and the car is warming up and yeah, Mario's engine, and we're belting yeah. mario and he's zoom, so zoom, he's zoom, sitting zoom. there so
2: you're in neutral running that you're yep. doing that yeah and the car is about to go how fast yeah. Wow, two twenty-five at least because <laughs> right didn't make it. <laughs>
5: right. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: But you know, it's going to go over two thirty. Yeah, at the end of the at the end of the straights, sure. and yeah, yeah. you're literally running to adjust the the wing yeah. angles. Yeah, on a car that's about to go two hundred thirty miles an hour.
3: Yeah, and and straight up, it was uh yeah. the adjuster on that so. I don't want to get into te- too technical, but you had to remove bolts and put them back in at a different location. Yeah. So you had to pay attention and go at the right place and whatever. Yeah. So it's not one of those where you just go a click and whatever. No, it was a, like you have uh, to take out two ways. It's a, it. it's a yeah. fine yeah.
0: tuned adjustment yeah. <laughs> with a gun to your head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's basically, I, don't <laughs> that's, I don't know how you're to yeah. that's literally yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. it's a, it's it's a thousandth of an inch
2: adjustment right.
0: with a gun to your head and the clock. ticking.
2: Yeah. And that gun is a FICO score. And, but yeah was mine yeah (laughs) Yeah. but
0: i do remember that
3: when we got there um (laughs) we we had a a very small period of time stationary at the end before we sent the car out so we were able to just kind of at least visually check like okay I, i did this right i did this right i did this because i have a feeling that had anybody like said something went really wrong like hey okay let's let's not go this is unsafe or something bolt not right something like that but we did have this very quick time to go as the engines running and and whatever because the there was the well because there was somebody else that was going to attempt but right. because they didn't have really a chance to bump us Kevin the head tech yeah. actually told him to move out the way so yeah, we could go these in guys and that oh, gave really? us that yeah. gave cool. us that little yeah. bit yeah for sure that attempt only happened because of him in my in my okay. view because hey. had he not pushed the people out the way and true. Moved that other that car true. we would not have gone the other car to the, was
0: zero it had no chance yeah
3: it was like the slowest car of, right. of all the bumpers that Correct. day and he made them move so that we could get in line and go
2: and if you want to hear more about kevin rocket blanche yeah, well, hey, you he tune in to, to DWR with <laughs> Racers. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. God
0: bless Kevin Rocket Blanche. I mean, seriously, like he, yeah. he was the reason yeah. we got the shot that we got.
3: Yeah. And to be fair, he's a complete hard ass. Let's be honest. Like w- he's really good at this job, but he's also a racer. Like he yeah. won championships in IndyCar and whatever. Like he's no joke. And so he saw that, you know, this made sense and he worked really hard for us to get our shot and We did. We got got our shot. We we got our shot. Car car left before the... Got our shot. Before the cannon, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. you get it done, he rolls out. Yeah. Gun goes off just as he's rolling out. And I think we all feel pretty good at that point because we've
3: accomplished the goal. The goal is to get it on track, yeah. and we have the speed, right? We were faster than those guys. If they picked up, we're going to pick up, right? Yep. So in my view, I think it was the, the added wing that killed us yep. more than anything else. I think if we'd just done the plan, which I think we executed the plan accordingly. We did. I think maybe you're right that we didn't do a front wing to compensate for the, the rear wing. Right. But um, – but I think the rear wing killed us.
0: I think so, too.
2: So then he goes out, and he does lap one. And tell me what you're seeing as you watch lap one. Uh, well, the numbers there, that's for sure. I mean,
3: all of us are thinking, okay, we we got it in the bag. Like, there was a big number. I remember, I think that's the fastest we'd ran all month, that yeah. one lap. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, yeah, man, like, we got this. Everything's yeah. Everything's okay, yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those where you don't ever think of the bad thing. You always think like, oh, we accomplished our job, and it's successful. It's
2: not like, hey, the tires are going to go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope he lifts a little bit, maybe. <laughs> so you're in the show on lap one. Um, so from your vantage point, he goes into turn one. Tell me what's going through your mind as that whole thing unfolds. Um,
3: well, so start-finish at the Speedway is further down – the straight it's not in the middle of the straight and so therefore by the time you cross the yard of bricks to the time they post the number there is a slight delay i mean it's better now with the new electronic boards and stuff but the, at the time there was a slight delay before the numbers posted on the display boards and so we're all like like fixating it nobody's watching the car all yeah. we care about is yeah, this we're number. looking at the board just all, like, everybody's yeah. just looking at the number what are we going to get what are we going to get and then we hear <clears throat> we hear the bang and not, <coughs> and that that was it. Yeah.
2: Wow. So you're literally staring at a board. Yeah.
3: Wait, waiting for the and number you to post. Hear it. Yeah. That from my standpoint, I don't know if others were watching the car, but for I'm me, definitely. I was glued on the board. I was trying to find out what we we're gonna. You
2: know. When you are looking at the board and you hear it, do you instantly know what you're hearing?
3: Oh, yeah, because there's only one car running at a time so, 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 so yeah. yeah, everybody
0: yeah. knew
5: yeah.
3: yeah there was there was no question about it for sure, and I if maybe it's me hopeful hopefully remembering or wishful remembering or whatever, but I want to say that it got pretty quiet at the speedway because all the people that were cheering and whatever, and then they all knew the sort of the gravity of what just happened to us. I mean, obviously, pretty quickly, it didn't impact their lives anymore, so they went back to the business. But for a moment there, I want to say that there was a a bit of a kind of a quiet moment when the car crashed, as in like, oh...
2: Like a communal silence.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because like he was saying before, the racer community, like everybody was cheering on. Even though, like, it was to give us an opportunity to go beat them the next day, nobody thinks like that. They always think you know, if you work hard, you know, because they've all been in some version of this story yeah. that we lived. And so Hopefully it's not easy. The full <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it, but the bottom line is they could picture themselves in our shoes at that moment. Yeah. And so, and I was lucky enough to live the other side of the coin in later years, but it doesn't change the fact that for that day, it was um, just the Just the bottom fell out. Really, no other way to
2: describe it. Like, there's, there's kind of two different realizations you can go through in something like that. The first is that, oh, we just wrecked. Yeah. And then, oh, this is a real thing that's happening to us right now. Yeah. Um, What was that interval like for you?
3: So it was ultimate, like, oh, we're good, and then, ooh, and then you know, there's this moment, and then. I don't remember the period of time after that. Obviously, I think we all went back to the pit box, gathered our stuff and and then moved to the garage and then we awaited the the car, yeah, bring yeah, on the wrecker and and obviously there was is not much talking going on at that point. Like everybody's everybody knows like we we even though we all signed up for this and we expected to hit all these milestones which which we did up until that point, you know, we took the long way road or the long road to get there, but we, we still fulfilled our aspirations up until there. And, um, just sitting in the garage there, it was, it was very, very quiet. Everybody realized that, you know, this, this is pretty much all of our jobs here and we just, nobody knows what's going on, but yeah, it was, uh, everybody knew the gravity of the event that just took place for sure.
2: You've, You've both at different points brought up the walk and the meetup back to the garage as being something you very clearly remember. Why is that?
3: I remember getting the car and uh, closing the door. So we were in our own little world without any prying eyes. Where it was just us. Just us. And everybody was in there. And it was pretty quiet. I mean, there was a couple guys that were... Um, maybe looking after the car, or whatever just not not in any way other than they had nothing else to do, and they didn't know how to process what had just happened, so right. that's their mechanics, so they just work it's on the like car they were working on so the they car. were trying to figure out what was broken, what was good, whatever, so they're inspecting stuff, and a lot of people were just you know realizing the gravity of the whole thing and by that point, it took i don't know maybe fifteen twenty minutes for the car made it to us from uh, from turn one. And, um, you know, I don't remember that portion of it so much, but I I do remember a lot of emotion. And I I think that we were there, pardon me for, I want to say at least an hour before sort of anything was said from your standpoint to us, because everybody realized what happened. And I don't think there was anything to say really, uh, somehow some, way it was decided that we were going to go race at Milwaukee and I don't remember when in the timeline that happened but the Milwaukee was the very next weekend so we didn't have much time to fix this thing that took us a month to build so so we were looking straight into some more work that was the beginning of the end right there oh absolutely we, we all knew it I
2: mean honestly we, we all knew it you're at Laguna Seca are you seeing this on TV are you hearing about it
4: We uh, we were packing up so we had run our race um, and and we were loading and we were just about loaded up and uh, and that's when we got a call, stuck it in the fence. We're out.
2: We're done. Um, and you had last heard that you guys were in and you yeah, didn't even
4: think about it. exactly. Like we, last I heard we were in, we went, we ran our race, we did that stuff, we had packed up. Well, all the, that, that last you know, 20, 30 minute chaos was going on. We were ignorantly blissed the entire thing until, and, 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 you know, it was, it was a little confusion. I was like, well, they were already in the field. Yeah. Now they got bumped and then they had to re uh, yeah, stuck in the fence. And, um, and then on the drive home, um, I got a call again from Bud Wilkinson and, uh, and, you know, when you're driving south uh, on the 101, when you leave Laguna, uh, as you get to Paso, you you lose cell connection, and especially in those days, you did. And uh, so we didn't really get much of a talk. It was it was, you know, five minutes basically. And and he's like, "Yeah, man." It's, he he kind of gave me the rundown, but it was like, I don't know what we're gonna do now. That's... It's a big question mark.
2: So, you know, you knew going into Indy how dire it was. Now, Tyler tells you he wants to run Milwaukee, he wants to run the rest of the year. Do you stay or do you bail?
3: Well, for me, I think it was the same. The attitude never changed. Most of the guys that were there, when we had the opportunity to bail, the people that were going to bail, they had already gone. Everybody that was there we were just there and after especially after living through pardon me after living through this super intense moment um there was i mean we were all all in like i was like i'm i'm not moving you know i just met this girl whatever like (laughs) and i love this area whatever i want to see this through because if it does magically pull through then I have worked for a while and, you know, and
0: as you know, Sean, I mean, at that time, we, we legitimately had a reason to think we, we had some other items working with fams and some items that was like, man, we, this is, this is worthy of still pursuing.
3: Yeah. And so nobody thought twice. So the first thing, the crash, it was like, okay, well it's, it's going to stop now. But then when we hear we're going to Milwaukee, we're like, okay, well, we'll see it through. Even though the, there was issues with um, the pay periods and stuff like that, you know, there was uh, the reality also that if we don't show up at the track, there's no way anybody's going to give us money, right? Like the well, that's sponsor, the other thing, right? So, and so when you get behind, at what point do you cut,
4: right? At what point do you cut your losses? And that's... That's always a big question
2: because that's called a TR business model.
4: It is, well, and, 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 and and
0: that's and that's it's it's a hard thing for me as a team owner to to come to terms with because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you got a group of guys who are genuinely committed to a group effort to make right. something happen. But at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to make sure that then that then these right. people who are committed to that are properly remunerated for so. So for you for to walk so. away,
2: you're guaranteeing that you're screwing them for sure. Yeah,
0: and and you know, yeah. There's yeah, a big, yeah, like there's 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 a possibility that I won't if we press forward yeah. and I guaranteed I do if we don't. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really not a lot of choice in the matter.
2: Yeah.
4: And and it is different from TRG or or when you have a team that's not paying you and you're a contractor or you're a worker or whatever, um you can I've had the conversations. I don't sponsor race cars, I don't finance race car teams. If you don't pay me. I'm not getting on the airplane. This is a very simple equation. If you don't pay me, I'm not on the airplane, but that's not the situation I was in at PCM. Right. I, I kept on getting on the airplane. Hell, I was buying the tickets. Might as well get on. So, you know, that's, that's how that went. I was, so it's a, it's a really weird situation for me because
0: it's this weird dichotomy of, uh, a sort of uh, um, a relinquishing of responsibility because of the honest disclosure of the situation previous to the bad situation, right? Like I'm telling you right now, dude, I got one more payroll. I don't have two. So I'm not bullshitting you about to keep you here and keep you doing the job, right? But on the flip side of that coin, I'm still no more capable of making the payments than the dude who bullshitted about it, right? So I've got... The upside of I've been honest about it, but I still have the reality of I can't f-ing write your paycheck, right? So it's 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 a really weird situation to be in. Like I've put these guys in a spot where I've told you the honest truth, and you've chosen to stay. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I still you still did still choose to here. stay, yeah. and I still I still. Yeah. F- Know you the money that I that, you, that 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 you deserve for the job you did, right? So it's, it was a really, was it was a, it was a yeah, weird but situation. The, okay,
3: but the real backside of that story, Tyler, is that that's what made that team great that year specifically. Because I I can't speak for prior to my time joining the team, but what made that team great is that we all bought in, and nobody whatever we were in it until the absolute last ember would. Extinguish right, like we were gonna see that thing crash and burn until it burns by choice, right? It. Like we Wild all did it by choice because, right? there was no because bull- everybody has their own son of desires that they wanted to accomplish with that pro- program or whatever. But but we were all in there because we really wanted
2: it to work. You're now basically engineering a team off of your savings. How does the Atlantic program get affected in this whole thing? Not just you.
4: There was a lot of guys that were that were short on money, right? So it wasn't just me. It was it was a lot of it. And you know, there was times where I had the conversation with Tyler, like these guys need to get some cash. Um, I'm okay. These guys need to get some cash. So, so there were times where maybe it wouldn't be a full paycheck, but if, if Tyler could peel off, you know, 500 and send it off to these guys or something, you know, he would, he would do that. Um, you know, for me, I I went with it until uh, basically until after the you know kind of the bottom went out after that that one deal cratered. So I was there until September, and
0: and, and then when when the bottom fell out, and
4: yeah, and and then I was just like, I I can't pay anymore for this. No, yeah,
0: and I got yeah. nothing more. Like and then I knew. At that point, yeah, yeah, at that yeah, point was we like, ready, so,
4: yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. and what it was was. It was a ticket. That was really all I was looking for. Yeah. I was looking I'm like, I don't care about the I don't care about the money. Just get me the plane ticket. Yeah. And he couldn't get the plane Candidate. ticket. Yeah. And, and at that point,
3: like I'm I'm not gonna buy the plane ticket on this one. Yeah.
2: How long do you stay on, Daniel?
3: Um, I think uh same as Tim, basically until the FAMS deal until cratered. it was done yeah until we yep. were done yeah and then i yep. basically
0: said guys i'm, I'm i can't continue yeah, forward it, there's and nothing <laughs> i mean
3: this is a hobby Th- at this that's
0: point it, that's yeah. it we're yeah. done
2: so daniel you continued on with the rest of the limited indie car schedule that they ran
3: yeah until yeah. the end yeah yep. absolutely yeah we sonoma. went to sonoma yeah
2: and uh um, we went to
0: the Glen, sonoma edmonton just the road courses.
2: Yeah, but there were still we some highlights. Uh, Sonoma went well. You guys made the, the the final group in qualifying, which showed the potential yeah. of the team, even despite a very limited. Oh schedule. yeah, for
3: sure. We we like I said. I mean, there was no question because the thing is, um, I have a feeling that the people that looking from the outside, from other teams, I'm talking about. Which, so the the ultimate comparison, if you if you think of our sport, is like two drivers in Formula One. They only compete against each other, not against anybody else, right? So the same principle applies in the sense that the pit lane only competes with the other people and they judge themselves on whatever. And we had shown that we, we were the genuine article and we, we did believe or everybody believed that we deserve to be there. If that makes sense. Like, I don't think anybody looked at us as, as they're either dangerous, they need to get out of the way or whatever. Nobody knows what they're no, no, no. We, I mean, I mean, we weren't, We we weren't top five guys, (laughs) but at the time, there were so many teams running.
2: You guys have one last shot with a a sponsor proposal that will maybe save the day. This story has been told before, but the economy tanks, as does your sponsor. That's the end of it. Is there an official, I'm done uh, with you, Daniel? Oh, an official, oh.
3: Um, You know what? I don't think so. I don't think there was an official I'm done. I think because if you remember, there was some little bits and bobs of work that you'd found for some people just tinkering on whatever local project. So whatever. we had
0: we had the TAC-V thing going yeah. on. So we had a couple of other items. I, went, I was... Desperately seeking other business opportunities to float the company while we found other racing
3: opportunities. Yeah, so I went on that. I did the TAC-V. And for me, that turned into an aerospace job because one of the investors in that had an aerospace company. So I did that for a couple of years. But the I'm done moment... I don't think I really had an am done moment. There was a period of time where obviously there was no income, but we'd still kind of show up waiting to see what happens. So <laughs> we, um, just uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, you know,
3: well, the season was over, really. Sure. So it's
2: not, you know. Uh, so um so obviously Tyler took it the worst. We also talked with Michael who took it, you know, in terms of impact financially. Oh, yeah, of course. Ty- Tyler obviously took it the worst. Michael took a pretty good hit. Um how far how far out were you on this whole deal?
3: Well, I mean, I was fairly, um, you know, careless lifestyle in the sense that I'd it's not like, but I had no responsibilities at the times, really, if that makes any sense. So basically, all I had to do was generate enough money to pay rent and food. And um, I had enough in the bank to do that for a while. And obviously, when we started the tech V thing, then I had income again and was sort of Okay. I mean, I was behind. There's no doubt about it, but, um, you know, I was, there was financially, it was never a huge concern for me cause I didn't own a house. I didn't, you know, there's nothing like that. All, all, whatever. Most of the I guys had who was stuck around
0: were, were, were those kind of guys yeah, or young, yeah, yeah. young, single guys, not yeah. a lot of responsibilities. <clears> and so they could throw caution to the wind with a little more recklessness yeah. Yeah.
3: and not how, how old were you, Daniel? Oh, I was, uh, well, what was it? 2008, eight. Eight. so it would have been, um, 33.
2: Okay. Yeah. Different, different responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, how, how much did it hit you? I took a pretty good shot. Yeah. Tyler lost his house. Yeah. Michael had to short sell his. Yeah. Um, was there something like that that happened to you?
4: Uh, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah.
2: yeah, that, that we, we had to sell our house too. Because of an ultimate spiral that led from a confluence of all these things. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so you talk about the collateral fallout of a situation like that and what happens at the moment that it transpires. You know, that collateral that, – that the fallout of what happens at the moment it transpires is everyone can readily see. But the collateral fallout post that, you know, of guys – not keeping their job, me not being able to pay, drivers not staying like horrible time kind of in the thing. economy also let's yeah. let's not yeah, let's yeah, not yeah.
4: ignore that. I mean it was it you know there was a, every deal that you know, I put together like five or six deals in uh, '9 and they all cratered right. with I would do like one race and the team would fold or I would do uh, one of the times I didn't even get to the racetrack. It, it folded when like two days before I was supposed to get on the plane, um, so um, you know that's that's all something that ultimately you know.
0: Well, and 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 it it you know how do you say was it directly a derivative of that event? Well, I mean it's not very many dots to connect to make that be the case. That's it's to
4: sure. the point where I feel like I've had two careers, right? I had one career that was building up to PC to to Pacific coast. Right. And, and I got to a champ car engineer as in that portion of my career. Right. Once that cratered, um, I struggled through nine in 10, I was running IMSA lights and I did that for several years. So I went back to a small bore. Okay. Not an Atlantic car, but it's, same damn thing. Effectively. It's yeah. real similar, right? So I, I basically had to to start from, from kind of ground zero again and rebuild
2: my entire career. So two final things I want to go over story-wise. Um, when people watch Indy 500 qualifying, this year there was a big deal about whether or not there will be 33 cars at the Indy 500. And, and I remember seeing this and thinking, I care way more about 34. Um, yeah. When somebody doesn't make it, what would you hope they get out of something like this?
4: Hmm. That you can recover from it. It sucks. And and in the moment, it's pretty crushing. Yeah. But you can recover from it.
2: And where I'm kind of going with this is from an impact standpoint. I'm not sure people. You see Fernando Alonso not make it, and he goes on to. You know, have another fine. decade and have fun he's fine yeah, he, he's fine Roger Pensky doesn't make it uh, now he owns a track, yeah. <laughs> so you guys didn't make it, and everybody here suffered, including me, just not as much yeah, although no in, we, we including made, you now we, we made it even yeah but
0: but but, but yeah. seriously, including you, dude, um you know i mean but, you 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 had saw uh an opportunity with famsa and with where you were in your career and with your current business at the time and you and i locked arms and 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 to IndyCar's cars on admission the proposal we put in front of famsa was as good a proposal as they'd ever seen um and we got the yes you know, we got the yes. We I left Mexico with the yes. Yeah, I remember that day. And and I came home saying, guys, we got it. We're done. We we got we got our program going forward. And 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 thirty days later, the bottom fell out of the economy, and that was the end of that.
3: For me, it's the personal aspect in the sense that um, going something, going through something like this with a group of like-minded people is an experience that I would not replace for anything. Even though that was. Um, to echo Tim's comments, for sure you can recover because life goes on. Doesn't matter what people, uh, you know, are resilient in general and make stuff happen. I mean, I have to say that smartly or not, this kind of scenario has a very low possibility of re- recurrence because most of the deals that get put together now to go do this one race as a one-off or or whatever that like we had a very unique kind of convergence of events that led up to this being this dire of a situation, you know, because, you know, it was just a once in a lifetime kind of deal. Like all the one-offs that don't make it now, they had their budget for the month and nobody is going to go hungry if they don't make the race, you know, there's going to be maybe some unhappy people and stuff like that, but the consequences are much less for these people, but to live through an event like this, um, I think was incredibly formative and, and I don't regret it for anything. Like it it was, um, it's very, very special. There's no doubt about it.
2: Daniel, if you could describe, if you could describe missing Indy in one word, what would it be? Mm.
3: Heartbreak. Missing Indy in the sense that you went there to run and then you, and missed you didn't it. make it. Yeah. Heartbreak for sure. If
2: a guy came to me with all of the if-ands and buts of 2008, I get loyalty. But at a certain point, holy, f- this seems like a terrible idea. Um, why? Why would you stick through with this?
4: Because I said I was going to do
3: it. I don't stop in the middle of the season. Huh? For me, for me, it was because I found where I wanted to be, and proof is in the pudding because I'm still here. Same, same place, same, yeah. same everything. So <laughs> I, I was going to stick it out find a way to be where I wanted to be.
6: I'm finished. Okay, oh, yeah. Whoa. Look, they can never keep me down. I'm going. And if I ever fail, the snow, I'll go again. I never quit because I know that every loss may lead to another win. I'm going up. I-, I bet when I land, they gon' tell me it's luck again See that I'm winning, it's harder to watch I'm in the stage, you should give me my prize if You ain't got a soul, you lacking the spirit You talk out your neck, I'ma show you I'm with it I been really for you to sit and watch me win again and win again and win again I know it's probably getting on me and when I'm them So if I ever win again, there's nobody the minimum I didn't have to sell my soul Please don't play no games with me It was never about to fame to me It needed the best, so they came to me Who the best in this thing? Tell them, yeah, that's me Tell them, who win the vibes? Say, yeah, that's me Make it flip, make it bang, ooh, yeah, that's me. Who make the party feel alive? Tell them, get that's me. My Y'all so proud of your boy when they Man? Yeah, that's me. And if oh, I'm taking a shot, I don't miss. Who knew I would be at the top like this? And no one made my goals for me. But I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. Cause it's the path that God chose for me. So even if some doors close for me, I still won't let y'all close to me. So please step back where you're supposed to be. Put the game all on hold for me. And sit back, watch me roast to be. Uh, it's in my genes, I'm better than I'm in. I know my flow too sick, I got the medicine. I'm wake at the top, who could take my place? I went too hard, can't feel my face. Who the best in this thing? Tell them, yeah, that's me. Tell them, tell, them them. Them fire, say, yeah, tell them who bring the fire, say, get us me. Who make tell it flip, make it bang, ooh, get yeah, us me. Tell who make tell the body feel alive, tell them get yeah, us me. Whoa! Yeah, ooh, get yeah, that's me. Who yeah, that chillin' at the top, tell them get yeah, us me. Yeah, yeah, tell them get yeah, us me. Yeah, I'm chillin' at the top, ooh, get yeah, that's me.